have a buddy who has been playing the same D&D game for over 22 years. Really? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Does he have three other friends that are guys? Yeah. And then he like came across this one, uh, this one girl with a shaved head who like seems like she's not really from this planet. She's kind of weird, speaks broken English, like hard to understand. But then he's able to kind of eventually communicate on more of an emotional level. And then they had a crush with on each other. And then it turns out that the town slash city he's in is getting eaten alive by the upside down and a demogorgon. And then his crush comes in and then single-handedly saves the four of them every single time. And then like a couple years later, another girl joins in with red hair. And then this, she's under attack from this demogorgon that they're not able to kill, even though they kill it all the time. And then um, they save the day again. His friend with the shaved head. Is this? Is it the same guy? You only have one piece of D and D media that you like attach yourself to. So, <laughs> are there others? It's okay. Is Dungeons and yeah, Dragons? we're gonna have a D and D movie starring uh, one of the Chris's later this year. Like a live action uh, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons movie. Oh, sick! With not, it's not Chris Pratt and it's not Chris Evans. It's Hemsworth. Chris Pine. Oh, it's Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine. That was the Chris that was Pine. the Chris they could get. And he plays, he plays like a bard in it, which is like, have you seen Chris Pine? He's handsome. What is he doing playing a bard? They'll dress him down a little bit, you know. Look, you can't have ugly in Hollywood. Yeah, isn't that unfortunate? I feel like you should have ugly in Hollywood. Like, let's give Danny DeVito like a starring role in uh, When Harry Met Sally type movie, you know. All right, with that, let's get started. Let's get into the podcast. What's up, real hey, critics? It's welcome to everyone's here. a real critic. <laughs> you made What's it. up? You're listening to everyone's a real critic. This is the podcast where John and I take a look at movies that have a 20% difference between the audience and critic scores on Ryan Tomatoes. We give you the real critic thoughts on the movies. We break down some of the critic and audience reviews, and we wrap it all up with our overall real ranking. But remember that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a real critic. <laughs> That's true. I want to see that Danny DeVito when Harry met Sally movie now, John. <laughs> he's, he's like, like in a opposite, high chair. Like... <laughs> At the table. Yeah, and like the, the love interest is like Margot Robbie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we not sit at a booth? Maybe a high top. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a high top. Maybe I like the way my legs high. dangle from the, from the booth. <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on man other than uh, dungeons and dragons are you excited to to talk a little bit of movies today yeah i'm excited to talk the about movies. movies today and we and we got a pretty good movie today actually yeah. you know I'm, I'm excited about this one we're talking uh martin mcdonough's uh banshees of an today last time if you uh listen we talked about white noise thank you for listening if you didn't go back give it a listen Wherever you get your podcasts, you know, I Spotify, you tell them Apple. To fuck off. <laughs> well, no, we don't want that. We need, we need your ears uh, for us. We'd like your ears. We'd like your ears. Maybe your, your friend's ears, your grandma's ears, more ears. The more ears, the better. If you really like what we're doing here, um, you know, spread, spread the love, spread your the word. grandma's ears. Yeah. Get, get us inside your grandma. Get us, get us inside. Um, <laughs> in her head. And of course, follow us at erc pod you know on in- instagram especially on tiktok 
if you're big on the TikTok, if you just scroll through into an abyss and then get lost and then you wake up two days later and you're still scrolling on, on TikTok, you know, join the club. We're all doing it. But uh, maybe throw in a couple of EARC pod videos in there while you're doing it. Also, if you have input on what we're doing on the show, maybe you maybe you have a suggestion for what movie we do next. Maybe you have thoughts, you have qualms, you have things you want to get off your chest, relationship advice. Um, we're, we're equipped to handle all of that to be honest, it doesn't have to be movie talk. Um, A lot of us kind of hide our emotions through watching movies, especially uh, the movie we're going to be watching today. could get a little emotional, so maybe grab some tissues. Give us a call. You know, let us know what you're thinking. And I always butcher the the phone line, uh, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's 407-602-8405. Hey, 504. You got all the numbers right now. Oh, yeah. Four seven six zero two. John, did we Eight, get? Five, did we four. get any? Uh, did we get any messages? Maybe. Did we? We got one. We did. We did. Oh, we what? got one. We got what? one. We got to play it. Yeah. We do. We we got to play it. We got to play it. I missed it. No. Yeah. Yeah. We should definitely play that. We'll play it at the end of the today's episode. So, spoiler alert. Uh, you got to listen to the whole episode to get to to the voicemail. So uh, <laughs> hang on, hang in there with us. But like we said today, we're talking Banshees of Inisherin, uh, a late drop in 2022. Also on HBO Max now, if you want, it was a 97% critic score, 76% audience score. So this is probably one of the better movies we've talked about in a long time, perhaps ever. Um, so yeah, it's got ex- one of the highest scores. Um which is interesting that it has such a big discrepancy regardless, you know? Yeah. So I'm pretty excited for it. Um, but before we get into the movie talk, as we always do, let's pitch to the people, movies and TV shows that we've been watching that are really good or really bad in what you're watching. John, so I have two things I want to talk about this week. Ooh. My whatcha watching. Ghost. Can't wait. Let me hear them. Not a lot, you know. Well, obviously, yeah. we talked about it a little bit last week. The Last of Us is out now on HBO. Mm-hmm. And uh, John, you saw had seen the first episode. I have. Uh, I have not caught up, week. though. Oh, okay. Up. So last night, episode two dropped. And boy, John, yeah. I am in, baby. I'm going to try to avoid spoilers in this like quick little review of mm-hmm. uh, the two episodes. So no worries, dear listeners. Um, okay. But I think that this is HBO at its best, baby. Really? At its HBO best? HBO at its best. So this not at its HBO best does. since Sopranos or The Wire. This is its best of all time or it's just they're no, in no, their bag No, no, this is its right best. Now. This is what it does well. Yeah, okay. this is what HBO does well. They're in there. And back. I love The Sopranos. Like, Sopranos okay. is fucking incredible. But uh, this is why we all love HBO. Like, sure. Go watch two episodes of the show and you'll see. Uh, episode one introduces to these characters, and Pedro Pascal shined as Joel uh, while also yeah. setting up the trauma of the world that we find our characters in. And it's like, it's a lengthy opening episode, but you don't get bored at all. 
And I'm sure all. you can attest to that. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I was craving more. I could have watched it for 10 hours. I wish, I, yeah, I'm glad that they didn't like drop all the episodes at once and that we have to wait week to week because yeah. otherwise I would have devoured this in one uh, scene. Yeah. Um, but holy shit, the cold open for episode two had me turning to my sister multiple so- times and being like, dude, this is so cool. This is so cool. It's an absolutely tense and terrifying start to the episode. And it leads us into an action-packed uh, chapter of the series with more incredible performances from Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal, but an especially standout performance by uh, Anna Torvis Tess, which you will see. Oh, okay. You'll see. All right. Um, we also get our first glimpse at a clicker in this episode. The set design, just like it was in episode one, is absolutely incredible. So, like, the production value is very evident on screen. HBO's throwing everything at this. The CG, the VFX, it all looks amazing. This is probably the biggest show on TV right now. Like, you should be watching this if you're not watching this. Um, yeah, it's like it's the terrifying. only show on TV. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else out? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Regardless, it's terrifying, it's exciting, and I can't wait for the next episode. You got to be watching The Last of Us on HBO. Hell yeah. Um, I saw a, I actually, you said first glimpse at a clicker. I, um, clicker hardly know. I hardly know. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) I saw a, a a little video on the IG reels this past week that there was a teaser of a clicker in on one of the buildings as that, that giant zoom out. Uh, at the end of the the first episode, and there's one that kind of runs up at the end. I heard that as well. I didn't see it. I might I have to rewatch the episode to catch it. Yeah, I didn't see it live um, or on demand when I watched it, but uh, I did see it on Instagram. And honestly, everything you see on Instagram is real, so I believe Instagram it. doesn't lie. It's you know, it's backed no. by one of the most trustworthy organizations in the world called Facebook. I'm sorry, Meta. Meta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so Instagram can't lie. What do they have to lie about? <laughs> There's no misinformation on Instagram at all. Yeah. You know, I did actually have a funny situation that I wish I had brought up earlier about lying, but uh, we'll talk about it later. Um, okay. Are you okay? I, yeah. Is everything yeah, no. all right? Yeah. No, okay, okay, I'm okay. good. Yeah. I just okay. lie to myself Don't scare every me single like day that. that I'm happy. <laughs> me too. Every time I look in the mirror, it's called manifesting. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, that's not true. The uh, my really good. I don't think we talked about it when we did our uh, real review of twenty two because we were talking about so many other really good and really bad movies. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, I watched the movie Smile. Have you heard of this movie? That's with Ethan Hawke, right? <laughs> no, that's the Black Phone. Uh, oh. Smile is the one where remember they did the huge marketing campaign at every sporting event oh, and yeah, they were all yeah. like um it's super creepy it takes place in the same horror universe i uh, as the movie x the slasher movie and i think what i think megan is also in the same horror universe but i could be completely wrong on megan but wait um, what mm-hmm. yeah so uh, Smile is really good in my book. It is a horror movie. So for those of you that, that don't like horror, don't check it out. Um, it is a bit gory as well, which not a super big fan of, but it, you know, part of the story, what are you going to do? 
anyway, it's a it's an interesting. I like it because it's a little fresh. It's a newer ish idea on sort of a demon possessing, like a death uh, loving demon possessing people. Um, and uh, I think like it stays. It's good pacing. It makes sense. It doesn't really lose you with how crazy the concept is. Um, the end, it, it kind of gets out there. And what I also appreciated was a lot of horror movies seem to, you have to end it, right? It's a movie. So a lot of times the people that are up against this just outstanding force that can't be beaten somehow beat it, right? They somehow kill it because they come up with some crazy idea and it works. In this movie, um, without spoiling anything, you can't. You just, you, you can't defeat it. Um, and so I found that refreshing. It's also similar, I guess, to Banshees of, of Anishirin, kind of a, a take on um, how people view themselves and uh, deal with trauma in their own right. Uh, a very dark take, um, but I enjoyed it. Really good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll watch this tonight. I keep meaning I keep meaning to watch this and I keep forgetting about it. So I'm gonna add it to my letterboxed watch list. Oh you follow me at letterbox at hoser loser. Very nice. <laughs> I uh you can catch it it for those of you um that have Paramount Plus, you can catch it on Paramount Plus. Um it is there. Perfect. Great. I'm excited. I love a good horror movie. I can't believe it's in the same universe as X and Pearl. All right, that's crazy. And Megan, I'm not sure if it's the same as Megan, but it is X and Smile are definitely in the same universe. What was the third one you just said? Pearl. Who? Pearl. Pearl? Pearl. Pearl. Yeah, like Mr. Krabs' whale daughter, Pearl. Do I say Pearl. that weird? Pearl. Pearl. No, I'm just messing with you. I'm just repeating. What the fuck? <laughs> That's racist. English is my second language. Uh, <laughs> it's my first. First or your last. Congratulations. Right. First Hell and yeah. last. No plans on learning any other. <laughs> if you don't speak the Americano, I don't want to talk to you. All right? Capiche? I was I was uh um traveling to uh I took a vacation to Japan once and what cracked me up is my wife and I were getting in an elevator clearly <clears throat> not in an English speaking country and these two Americans behind us got in an elevator with us and they were like man the lady at the front desk had no idea what I was saying I can't like if you're gonna work at a hotel how are you not gonna know English am I right and I just like Oh, obviously he wasn't going to say anything uh but man go america Mwah, american imperialism yeah i love it gotta love it i'm gonna come to your country <laughs> and you better learn how to communicate with me bucko with it, yeah yeah i'm gonna come to your country and yeah. if you can't speak to me well then how dare you how do you how speak you? let me teach you the voice of freedom young man yeah, anyways, let me get an order of the fajitas. <laughs> the and, fajitas. Uh, let me get one of them. <laughs> yeah, the fajitas. Make them sing, baby. Make them, them sing. Uh... <laughs> oh, your tortillas, corn or flour? Because I don't eat any of that corn shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the corn shit. That's gross. That ain't authentic. <laughs> that ain't um... authentic. Uh, anyways, you... okay, I'll give you my really bad. I'll give wait, you my wait, really before... bad real quickly. 
before you give the really bad, let me just give the one more really good because I like oh, that okay. you were able to find a really bad and uh, I want to end I have, it on I got a really bad. Yeah. My other really good, super easy. It's fun. It's light for those of you that just need stuff to have on the background while you're working or to wind down from a long day. It's a show called Home Economics. It's on Hulu. I think I've talked about it a couple of times before, but I'm almost through all of the episodes. Um, it stars Grofer, uh, Grofer. <laughs> um, for trace yeah grow for um, trace um from yeah and that, uh, timmy, timmy jatro yeah and timmy jatro um <laughs> and maitland timmy <laughs> Tim, <Tugui. laughs> yep um it stars topher grace uh from that 70s show and the the show really hits its stride in the second season i i think um the first season the characters are a little rough because they're still kind of finding their place, I think, and and how they this is the, the story. sitcom about like how Jimmy Tatra's character, like they're all siblings, right? But like yeah. one of them is rich. Yep. Uh, Topher Grace is middle class, and then they have like a poor sister. Is this is that the? Conceit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of a okay, working so it has class nothing sister. to do with the class home economics. No, no, and okay. in fact, Topher Grace's character is writing a book about his family because he is an author. Um, and the book is called Home Economics. But I hear there's first, a lot of money in that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and at <laughs> first, uh, you know, it was definitely a show created by executives, it seems like, where they really hit on every point of view and have they, they force diversity at some points. But once once it kind of gets past that forceful nature, it's enjoyable. And it is what it is, right? Like you have to enjoy it for what it is. It's not groundbreaking. It's not anything, but it there are some laughs. So it's just really, a regular old sitcom sounds like. Yeah. Oh. Basic. Speaking of which, have you seen that '90s show on I did. Netflix? I watched about eight episodes last night, and me too. I'm I like will... I'm like six episodes in. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Similar. I think it's fine. Similar yeah. as I home think economics. it's at its best when it uh is unfortunately like you know touching the that 70s show aspect mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and, and it's at its worst when it's just like it doesn't spend enough time with the kid characters you know no, like they all, all kind of seem a little forced yeah but red and kitty steal every scene and even fez does too like they're when yeah. you when you see these characters you're already familiar with that's when the show really shines yeah. um so hopefully it gets a second season and it allows them to you know, let these kids spread their wings a little bit more. I think it will. But overall, it, I think it's fine. It's a fine show. Uh, what did, really what did we say last time? It's just, it's just fine. It's really it's fine. Just fine, it's really. really. It's just okay. fine, really. It's just fine, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I have one really bad. Hit it. Hit us. And um, oh boy, I always think it's harsh that we have a really bad. Uh, uh, Why? section i don't know it's just you don't want to waste your time right we're doing the we're doing the people's work this might be a hot take then because i so i was left wanting after the the, that last episode of the last of us so i decided to jump into damon lindelof's the leftovers which is like a series that has a pretty hardcore following and i've heard good things about um and it's basically about like where 2% of the population inexplicably vanishes one day, October 14th. And I've never seen this before, but I've been curious about it because I tend to like, I tend to like Damon Lindelof's work. 
Um, the cold open to the to the pilot is predictable but powerful. And unfortunately, I felt like I just started to kind of lose interest after we meet the most ripped cop in existence, <laughs> played by Justin Thoreau, who manages to maintain his washboard abs with a healthy diet of Budweiser and meatloaf. Like that's what you see him eating throughout the episode. Yeah. And yeah, and he's fucking ripped. It's crazy. Yeah. It's stupid. Um, but it's also clear that his character will be the focal point of the series. And mm-hmm. I'm just like so sick of TV shows being like, our protagonist is gonna be a cop. You know, I'm like tired of that story. So I'm already like, I don't really care about this. A cab, baby. Well, this show um, definitely was made. This show is not new. It is a no, an older show. I think it came out in like 2015. So before yeah. everybody maybe before got then. fed up with them murdering uh innocent people of color. Um but it did raise, you know, like interesting questions about humanity or I see at least it seemed to pose them like about it, spirituality it and denial like in the event of something unexplainable. It seems like the people like disappearing is basically just like somewhere for it's it seems like an allegory or something for like us and our our relation to religion and spirituality and the fact that like we don't have an answer for those kinds of things but regardless people latch on and some people you know just decide to continue as life as usual um but the questions are posed by like introducing a chain smoking silent cult a scary prophet and a beleaguered family man slash cop that is struck into struck with visions and the pilot ends and we've barely touched on those things in fact the only real question that gets answered is that the chief's wife who it's initially you kind of think that she gets you know like uh snapped to use a marvel term (laughs) in fact she she joins this chain smoking cult of people wearing off-white colored garb and you know, as soon as my eyes finally rolled back into place and it ended, I was like, I'm, I'm this, I'm, I'm going to bail on this one. Really? Barely any closure in the pilot. And the only, the only reason I would continue watching it is so that I could be like, what the fuck is going to happen? But I'm honestly not really interested in watching its atmospheric and dreamy jerk off session. Like I might get shit for this, but I don't really care. I thought it was overall boring. The the episodes are definitely long, but I if you can stick with it, you should. Um, so you've seen this before? Yeah, I've watched the whole show. It's okay. It is really well done, and I think there are parts of when you get later on into the show, and it again, it kind of starts to find its groove. If there is one, it has a bit of a lost mentality, uh, like you just said, you know, just like around life. Um, but there are some really good episodes um there's one around exploring death um where where justin thoreau is sort of caught in between the different levels of life and and sort of navigating that is very interesting um and then the way it ends is is kind of just bizarre and weird um and i would say for anyone that was like oh or for you i'm not sure i think it's in the first episode but the reason you think his wife is snapped is because Justin Thoreau and we're saying snap like Thanos, like snap disappear from, from earth. Um, They call them the departed, which I like. There was a lot that I liked about it. 
the 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 crazy thing is uh there's a woman early on that he is having uh sex with and she disappears mid-sex um and that's where his trauma around the departed uh comes from so he is not a nice guy is it the woman that he sees in the bar no, yeah, because she's actually well, she was actually there. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, there, he is like cheating on his wife with mm. someone, and she disappears mid. That seems coitus. like a fucking. That seems like perfect. That's Hell, yeah. I, that my wife's I never gonna know that, that I cheated on her because she's gone. I thought no, she, it wasn't in the first that. episode. It wasn't in the first no. episode. Oh, no, okay. but the first episode like also introduces his children, and yeah, like yeah. I don't really. His, there's his no daughter really care about them. Well, his daughter the, was interesting because she's she's like struggling with both being rebellious and sympathetic towards her dad. Yeah, and um, the son, the hates son his dad. is like in a cult. Yeah, with that prophet guy who yeah. I'm guessing is probably attached to this chain smoking cult. No, and I'm guessing that Justin Thoreau, like, because he's having visions, is like a god figure late or like a Jesus yeah. figure. Yeah, later yeah, yeah. On. He is a messiah figure in um, the show. And and uh, and they touch okay, on that. Okay, see, like that seems interesting, but also like I'm not gonna watch hour long episodes of the. I'm gonna go read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely super slow, um, but it's good. I think it, it yeah. is good. Okay, maybe I won't read the Wikipedia page. Maybe I'll give it another shot because you've watched the whole thing, and I trust your opinion. It, but it is so slow. Maybe I'll give it another shot. It's a grind. I actually okay. started watching it. I want to say like few years ago and then i stopped after season one and like a little bit into season two because in season two like you think you're caught up in season one you're like okay i think i know where this is going and then season two starts in like a completely different type of situation and then i didn't i like kind of fell off of it and then i tried to go back and watch i had no idea what was going on so then i restarted from the beginning and uh, Mm -hmm. finished it probably like a year ago Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So it's okay. only like three I, maybe seasons. the maybe, uh, I knew that this was going to be a thing where I'm like, I watched the pilot and I was like, this is probably one of those shows that's like that people are going to say, oh, you got to get a few episodes in, you know, like you, it's got to get you. And More I've said those words. I've told I've yeah. told people those same things. I thought that about uh, Better Call Saul. So yeah. it's more than a few, though. Unfortunately, you got. Really... This is why I think that. Um, Saying well, it's some really stuff bad is, is really bad. Harsh. Some stuff. The is pilot bad. I thought was just boring. Yeah, yeah. If it, as a first show, definitely boring. But you know what gets a lot of credit or a lot of hate for being boring, but I didn't find very boring is the movie we're watching today, Banshees of Anisha. Yeah, Let's hop into solid it. segue, brother. Thank you. <laughs> of an Ishirin, as we said. <laughs> 97% critic score, 76% audience score. Again, like this is one of the best movies we're probably gonna do for a while. This is not often that 97% is high. 
And uh, yeah. the fact that it's also like 97% critics and then a 76% audience also high, I feel like sometimes it's the reverse where it's like some action movie that's a 97% audience and a 12% critic. And, you know, that's it's not usually you know, it, a recipe for a good movie. It reminds me of like when we watched The Northman and it had like, an, I think 80, high 80 something percent uh, Ron Tomato and like a 60 something percent for the... Uh, for the audience score yeah and it's like maybe it's like these quote-unquote like art house movies you know <laughs> yeah but yeah art house movies the North art one. house movies they just yeah. feel like that was just an art house movie they just gave them a few million dollars to do yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie i mean but we, this movie is like almost 100 percent on rotten tomatoes Almost. Yeah. And it's no surprise, uh, directed by and written by Martin McDonough, who is batting a thousand right now. I think his worst movie is uh, like a 83% critic score and a 71% audience score, which is pretty wild. He's also the mind behind three builds, three billboards In outside Ebbing. Ebbing, Missouri. Was this your first time seeing it? Had you seen it before? Um, so we, I watched this before we were going to do it for the podcast a couple weeks ago okay and so oh, that's I right just kind of had right. like a refresher okay for the podcast uh recently but i was this was a movie that i was excited to watch i i you know i watched three billboards and i watched in Bruges, and um so i'm, I'm already kind of excited about you know seeing martin mcdonald's work um and seeing colin farrell and brendan gleason again together in the trailers and like it, the trailers i I think we're like dialogue heavy, if I'm remembering correctly. And it looks I mean, silly. That makes you sense. Know? It looks funny. I mean, of course, what else are they going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it looked silly. It looked like funny. So I was like, oh, that's going to be great. That looks like it's going to be great. So that's how that, those are my first thoughts going into it. However, you know, like um, it took me a while to finally actually watch it. Same. I was excited too. Same. I'm like, I've been. I wanted to see this movie in theaters because of the hype and I didn't. And then it came out on HBO and I immediately added it to my list. I was like, Hey, I got to watch this tonight as soon as it came out or this weekend. And then every time I would go to sit down to watch the movie, I like, I feel like it it was almost like work where I was trying to find every excuse. You knew it was going to be brainy, you know, like, you know, movies like these are going to require your full attention. It's not like watching John Wick chapter two. Yeah. Where you can like get up and go do something and come back. And all you miss was that he like flipped a guy over his head and shot him in the face. Yeah. Well, I would never get up during John Wick two. I'm locked in, but yeah, I I get what you're saying. Just me, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I would even be like, Oh, I don't know. And then I would put another movie on you know, like Jeepers Creepers 2 or something and pretend that I really wanted to watch it. Great movie. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think I think you're right, though. I think it was because of the subject matter. I kind of I knew it was going to be pretty deep. And sometimes you want to watch it. Like you said, you just want to watch a movie to sort of tune out a little bit. So, um, you know, two friends suddenly not being friends anymore. I don't I don't think I uh I ever will be emotionally ready to watch that nor was I probably but uh here we are. Yeah. We watched Yeah, you know, I think he struck gold to gold too because he uh it's it's a relatable topic. You know, everybody's yeah. gone through that Something. kind of 
something something similar definitely not anything like this <laughs> unless hopefully not and if, hopefully if, not i mean you know, i need these babies and i yeah. don't even play violin fiddle <laughs> fiddle, fiddle excuse me, this. me yeah <laughs> fiddle me that <laughs> <laughs> well so um if you have seen the movie you know what we're talking about if you haven't we'll break it down for you really quick in the real rundown um so uh strap in here we go we're going here we for go an, emo- an emotional ride here mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was me clearing my throat for this um at what the tail showman? end i am the greatest showman some might say i never watched it me neither <laughs> <laughs> at the tail end of the irish civil war in 1923 we all remember that old dude Column Doherty abruptly begins ignoring his lifelong friend and drinking buddy, Padrick Suliban. Padrick, I got that. Suliban. Yeah. Yeah, Suliban. Come at me. Every time I, I heard his name, I'm like, oh, your name is Patrick Sullivan, bro. It's Patrick yeah. Sullivan. Padrick Suliban. Suliban. That was a really bad Irish accent. Um, Padrick, though, like, super nice. The nicest guy probably in the world at this point in 1923 at least on an issue and yeah yeah on the island for sure is too quote-unquote dull for column who wishes to spend the remainder of his life composing music and doing things for which he will be remembered you know because everyone remembers the guy that wrote the music as patrick grows increasingly distressed at the rejection column becomes more resistant to his old friend's attempt to speaking to him Column eventually gives Podrick an ultimatum. Every time Podrick bothers him or tries to talk to him, Column will cut off one of his own fingers with a pair of shears. And if that's not toxic, I don't know what is. Though Podrick's caring sister, Siobhan, uh, and troubled local boy, Dominic, uh, also very sweet, sweet young man. Uh, oh, I but, loved him. He's but so, weird, but I He is him. so weird. Attempt to defuse the pair's escalating battle, their efforts prove fruitless. After a drunken Padre confronts Column in the pub and attempts to apologize, Column cuts off his first finger um, and throws it at Padre's door. After Padre sees Column meeting with a fiddle from the, the fiddler, wow, meeting with a fiddler from the mainland, that sounds super creepy. Patrick tricks the fiddler into returning home by lying about his father's death, the meanest thing Padre's done in his whole life. As the tensions worsen, local elder Miss McCormick warns Padrick that death will come to the island soon. Meanwhile, Shaban gently rejects Dominic. I like that. She gently rejects him, um, who is just super horned up to uh, to bang Shaban, Padrick's sister. Well, there goes that dream. <laughs> he took it really well, though. He took it in stride. Um, Did he, though? I think he took it pretty well. He was pretty nice about it. Oh yeah, yeah I'm pretty yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, Padrick, Padrick uh, visits Colm to reprimand him for behaving so badly. Colm reveals that he has finished composing a song, which he calls "The Banshees of Anishirin." Padrick suggests that he should go ahead uh, to the pub and order them a couple of pints. Colm says, "You know, I'll be fine. I'll join you there later. Don't worry." Padrick tells Colm about uh, lying to the fiddler to run him off the island and that perhaps all three of them could have drinks. Colm cuts off his remaining left fingers, plural, the four of them, with shears and throws them at the door of Padraig's cottage. 
sick of life on the island shaban honestly i don't blame her she's like i gotta get the hell out of here um and so she goes like i seem like them the only person here who has emotional intelligence i'm getting yeah, the fuck out of here i'm getting out of here uh podrick comes home uh to find his pet donkey jenny has choked on one of the fingers of column his fat fat fingers a heartbroken uh podrick blames column for jenny's death as he should he confronts column to tell him that he will burn his house down the next day uh podrick sets the house on fire taking column's dog to safety as podrick leaves he sees column sitting inside the burning building the local policeman dominic's abusive father uh peter goes to podrick's house he is diverted away by miss mccormick who wordlessly leads him to dominic's corpse floating in the nearby lake so maybe like you said he didn't take it so well the next morning, Podrick with the dog finds Colm standing on the beach beside his burnt out house. Colm apologizes. At this point, Colm's like, hey, I'm sorry for everything. Let's uh let's let's cut this, you know, kitty stuff. You know, let's start over. Let's be let's be friends again. Um and Podrick is just like, nah. Um he thinks it might be a good thing that some things cannot be moved on from. And as Podrick turns to leave, Colm thanks him for looking after his dog anytime. Podrick replies, unbeknownst to them, Miss McCormick is watching them from a distance behind Colm's burned cottage. Who knows? And for, for what it's worth, Miss McCormick is is a witch. So um I, I think she is the banshee. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think she is that the could big be banshee, it. the harbinger of death. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Because she's she says like weird little things like oh death is coming you know this is yeah. that and, and she's and creepy all the all of the super creepy yeah and all of the villagers hide from her when she comes around because they don't want to be seen by quote unquote death oh you know? interesting yeah. interesting wow that's that's pretty deep this whole movie is pretty deep um, I think there's a lot of meaning here that can be you know like you can pull a lot of meaning out of this. Which is great yeah. because also a very simple movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, I, right off the bat, what did what did you think about the setting, John? Right off the bat, man, I was like, right off the bat, how great would it be to live somewhere this beautiful? You know what I mean? Like, hey, New York, New York City is, you know, is a New, New York. York. City. Like, I mean, I, if you can't make it here, you can't make it anywhere. You know what they say, and you know there's, there's some say. pretty, pretty things about it. I love watching people just openly take a shit in the middle of a sidewalk or on public transportation. Um, I love the guy on the subway that just is like, "Hey, we're in this underground tunnel. Um, I'm just gonna light a cigarette right now." on this train that that's like <laughs> yeah. what i want to i love closed. there's something beautiful about the trash littering the sidewalks um the people that let their dogs take a huge shit on the sidewalk and then rub it into the sidewalk with their shoe because they don't want to clean it up um needles i just you know there's something really it's charming great. about new york city but it's beautiful if i couldn't live here um you know the the fake island of Inishirin uh, would be high on my list. It was gorgeous. And the but cinematography in the movie was great. It's gorgeous, but it's so boring. It's like what? these characters are stuck in, on this island almost. You know? Wow. Gosh, yeah. you're getting really deep right away. 
I like it. <laughs> but hey, when do you want me to get deep? I can wait. I can hold it off. In 1923, what were like? What were? What else were you doing in 1923? Why not live on an island? You could live in the city. You can live in New York, and then by back then, I think they actually had like shit buckets that they'd like push out the window and stuff. You know, like Game of Thrones. Oh, really? In 1923. I don't know. Excuse me, ma'am. I I noticed that you're about to take a shit on this sidewalk. Please, please poop in this bucket. Do you think there was like some guy <laughs> whose job it was to make sure yeah, the people poop bucket pooped in the bucket? Yeah, no, he would bucket. come and collect poop your poop here. bucket. It was already in there. Ah, poop bucket here. Come poop in my bucket. Only five <laughs> ah, cents. Five cents for a poop bucket. I'll even wipe you. Check out five this cents? Five cents. Ten cents for a wipe. And 15 cents for this new Eastern tradition I like to call the bidet. I'll spit water into your privates and clean it right out for you. High pressure and everything. You use less of the wiping, more of the spitting. Come on down. He's I'll spit water into your asshole. He, he like fills his, he fills his mouth up like it's like... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Whenever you're ready, man. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> Don't mind oh. the mustache. It might tickle. That's why Siobhan left. That's why she went to yeah. the mainland, because she was tired of having to wipe Colin's ass. Colin's yeah. ass. Oh, and Padraig's ass. She was dealing with a lot of shit on this island. I don't blame her. Uh, yeah, she was a tragic... Every every character in this was just absolutely tragic. Huh? I love the life. And I love that the movie just goes right into it. It's just like... Yeah. Yeah, Colin Farrell walks into Colum's. Uh, Podrick walks into Colum's home, and he's like, "Hey, buddy, see you at two? And Colum just ignores the fuck out of him, you know. Yeah, he's like, and nah, we're dude. just in it, and that's the yeah. whole story, basically. Is that like they he they they had a falling out, and uh, Colum's just over it. Yeah, but I think I think I I read online because since we did this before, uh. Since I watched this before the podcast, I went on and I did a little bit of research and stuff. And I was reading that like um Colum and Podrick's characters are like an allegory for the war itself, for the yeah. Irish Civil War itself. Mm. That is like, you know, the Irish Civil War is notorious because it's like it both sides were stubborn, you know, nobody knows exactly what they were fighting about. It it lacked logic. There was no straightforward reason for the conflict. Um and you could say the same about, you know, the conflict between Colum and Podrick. There was no real reason. Uh, Colum kept giving giving excuses like, well, you're just dull. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just bored of you. And yeah. I think that might have been at first him just kind of like trying to rip the Band-Aid off. Because like, he started out, he, he said it at first very mean. <laughs> oh, when he just says, um, I just don't like you no more. That was so cold. The oof. way that it was delivered. And because yeah. the movie is so the, cold, the movie does a really good job in the moments where the characters are one on one, where you you feel like you're in the room watching them because there's no music. There's no like you just yeah. sort of hear the faint white noise of whatever's clicking or ticking in the back. Um, and you're you're just there and they're, and they're having a real conversation with each other. It doesn't because they're not like there's no plot to push forward there's no narrative that needs it's to just be the characters it's just them and so yeah man some of those lines i do love cold. that right because 
because the movie also does a really great job of uh setting the characters up like we know who Colm and we know who Podrick are immediately mm-hmm. uh and it's all through you know like Colin Farrell's face is so good at looking like sad and yeah. <laughs> innocent yeah and Colm is like just harsh and 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 rough yeah and it's and like a grouch and it was just a great contrast between them and so when they do have those face to faces, it's like, oh, we understand where these guys are sitting here, you know, yeah. and, 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 and this, that's the whole story. That's <laughs> it's them. And then you have those characters on the outside, too, that are also super well defined, mm-hmm. you know, Siobhan and Dominic, poor fucking Dominic is yeah, poor Dominic. abused and oppressed and sad and just seeking love, yeah. you know, that he's never going to find. And everybody in this story is fucking depressed dude <laughs> there's it's just they're stuck in like a purgatory that is an yeah. in, you know and they're forced to deal with each other yeah yeah i mean all right that's our movie talk no i'm kidding <laughs> all right yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i i completely agree with you there were points where it was it, it almost not cringy but it was just unsettling a little bit to watch Column for no reason. Like, let's be fair, Column is one of the most toxic people uh, <laughs> out there. He is just he is a bad, bad guy. Um, and there's no way there's no other way to write it, to be honest. But I think what was interesting is even though Column was this really like over the top, um, just dramatic, angry person, what I found to be it, interesting is that Podrick couldn't leave him alone I think yes Podrick was a nice guy and maybe just obviously didn't understand and wanted to get closure but to me I wondered if uh Colin was almost Podrick's like a vessel or uh his like hand into what was happening in the world because Colin was someone who seemed like he was into the the arts he was um yeah. more understanding of like current events and um, how people worked and though uh, Podrick they say he's dull and a quiet person I think that a lot of quiet people just enjoy hearing what other people are talking about and they may take it in differently so I think it was really hard for Podrick to give it up because he then realized how lonely he was he had nothing at that point absolutely Podrick as, and as soon as Podrick loses both uh, Siobhan and Colum he quickly falls into like insanity. Yeah. <laughs> he becomes crazy yeah. because mm-hmm. they are his like they're all he's they're all he's got, and he doesn't want to lose that friend. Um, especially and and it's great because uh, column column's excuse for dropping Podrick is that he's seeking like legacy. You know, he 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 keeps saying like. My, I want my name to live on like Mozart or and, and stuff like that. And 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 Podrick is more of a moral character where he's like, your legacy is the people that you love. He's that like, affect, I love yeah. my mom. I love yeah. my my sister and I will never forget them. You know, and it's just great that like that 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 dissonance between the two characters is so good. I love that the little confrontation where uh like you said column he kind of tells Padraig he's like look like I'm in it because I want people to remember I want to be remembered you know Mm -hmm. and I'm sure this is relatable for 
people going through a midlife crisis or just people who are older in their career and life just want to think, how will I be remembered? And for Colm, he thought that he would be remembered if he made a song. And I, th I thought that was so interesting because um, not to say either person is right or wrong. Um, Colin wants to write the song. Padraig says, you know, the how nice you are to people is your legacy. Right. And I, I definitely matters, side more with yeah. I side more with Padraig on this because your song, you write it. People may not always remember who wrote the song. They may remember the song. But if you're going about it because you want to be remembered as that person who made the song, I think that's the wrong way to serve yeah. your legacy. And eventually people are just going to stop listening to it. You know, for all the and people Patrick who says love... that too. He's yeah. like, he's like, I don't care about Mozart or Beethoven or yeah. what's his name. Yeah. <laughs> like, he purposely it's... says the name Rob because it, he doesn't remember it. He doesn't give a fuck about that. Right. You know, and... he's like, I care about my, my family. Who it's great. right now is listening to Mozart? Not not many people, uh, right? Babies, babies and, do, and uh, babies. and dogs because they help and, them sleep. Yeah. And dogs. <laughs> and I I think Padraig, like if you're nice to the people, um, that are around you, they'll remember that. Um, and I think the people that are closest to you and interact with you more will remember it more. And then that kind of continues on uh year after year generation after generation is like that spirit of you know how you live and affect other people more so than what you write on a piece of paper i think the emotion and the interaction that comes from Padraig is maybe more of a legacy yeah. but he, either way Padraig is coming from a place of compassion you know and which i think it and, it, it hits more than uh, uh, yeah like but i think it's your prerogative you know i think people there's people out there that are like, no, I, I think that this is more of an immortal way, like an immortal sure. legacy yeah. to leave behind. And no one's for wrong. sure. And and yeah. and that's why you know, like, that's why I love this movie because an audience member can take what takes what they want out of it. What what do they relate to? Do they relate to Colm? Do they relate to Podrick? You know? Yeah. I mean, well, I think what's everyone... great is that ultimately, no, neither of them are right and neither of them are wrong because well, they both go fucking crazy. I think we can agree that. <laughs> Column true psycho behavior to cut off his finger and absolutely sadistic. This is, this is but he's it's like the ultimate fuck you. And is it to sense, who you know to to Podrick? It's the ultimate fuck you. He's saying like my, these fingers are my legacy, and I'm willing to throw that away just so you can leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> See, to me, there's that's something just absolutely insane about that. <laughs> absolutely, I'm. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, but. Isn't that like kind of badass too? <laughs> the like instead of doing one of these, dude, I'm just gonna throw it at you. Like instead of giving you the middle finger, I'm gonna literally give you my middle yeah, finger. I'm gonna give it to you. Yeah, but like, I'm not saying he's right, you know. Um, and I get why he wanted to do it too, because it makes him more of an interesting guy. I think he was craving different things to happen in his life, and when you cut your fingers off, people pay more attention to you. And it makes you bananas, makes you more yeah. interesting. Right. And when he cuts them all off, he's still like teaching the fiddlers and stuff. And he's inspiring in that way. And just column column is a, is a psycho psycho man, period. Yeah. He's absolutely sadistic. Like it, it's, there's no real logic in what either one of the guys are doing at this mm -hmm. point, because then he turns around and it's like, well, you killed Jenny. Oh, uh, 
God, so I'm gonna burn your house down. Just so you know, I'm good. I'm burning your house down tomorrow. So. Poor Jenny, that was tough. Yeah. His fat fingers alluded to the whole movie, and him being fat. A lot of fat shaming in this movie. Um, <laughs> finally, finally, does old Jenny the donkey in? Huh? That was poor sad. Jenny was the genuinely... donkey. She did nothing wrong. She just caught a stray from a fat finger, tried to eat it, died. Yeah. And you know, I like the movie too that they um Siobhan's character is probably the most interesting one to me because mm. she was the most level headed. Uh she shared qualities of both Podrick and Colum. You know, like Colum respected her because she was, you know, strong, independent, smart. Very smart. Um, super smart. But she was ultimately lonely and yeah. hopeless on an issue and you know that she, so she's seeking escape and she's also, too and smart. like yeah and it's like you could tell that she also felt you know like podrick you know in the sense that like oh i'm here for my friends and family and she kind of was like tied down by podrick being going crazy on an issue yeah. but ultimately she does chooses to live for herself you know so it's it's like the movie's telling you it's showing you all of these things and it's not telling you which one's right or wrong, but there's definitely qualities in all these characters that you should take with you, you know? Yeah. I thought, um, I thought uh Shaban was great. I thought, you know, as a couple of fellow smart guys, the two of us, sometimes it's hard to be smart and craving um, stimulus in a different way. Um, when you're surrounded by dramatic men all the time, uh, which unfortunately, yeah, she was it's gotta be rough she's and she's a witch like, on all these guys just need to go to fucking therapy yeah but it's 1923 so doesn't exist back then no so men do what men therapy do is a relatively just... new concept siobhan like literally leaves to go to the mainland and like starts the first therapy office yeah she should in, in she ireland should. <laughs> i did also think it was really uh clever and i laughed when column was talking about the mozart and beethoven and whatever and he says 17th century and then shaban is after it's all over shaban's like it was 18th century you dumbass so, so i think that was deliberate yeah i know like it's telling column like you don't fucking know everything bro. no like you're also full of shit it reminded me of the that one guy who always thinks he's right and so much smarter and more righteous than everyone and he's always preaching I say he because most of the time it is a he. Um, the patriarchy on their high pedestal, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and then I love that she just came in and it wasn't it wasn't just super soft handed like, hey, just in case you wanted to know, you're wrong. Uh, it's go fuck yourself. Century. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was great. I love that. Yeah, there were a lot of those funny moments in the show. Like they, er, there was a lot of shit that made me laugh out loud, dude. Yeah. But it that needed was just that straight up hilarious. It needed it because yeah. it was woo, especially that. I loved when, um, like one scene that sticks out to me that really made me laugh was when uh, Podrick thinks that like he's back in Column's good graces, so he goes to his house, and he's like, "It takes two to tango," and he's like, "I don't want to tango," and then he's like, "But you were just dancing with your dog." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still good. There was yeah. There was a I love. And there was a lot of stuff like that. There was Dominic, a lot of like dialogue. Dominic provided a lot of laughs, though so sad. <laughs> yeah, and it's like in in 
Barry Kilgan was so good in this because I could see that role being just a comedic relief, but mm-hmm. he was tragic. He yeah. was like, there was like sadness in his eyes, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, was really, it, he was great. He was, he was great a in this movie. Pathetic guy. This is, this is what I was going to say. Um, that when I don't think that he takes the rejection well at all, it, it is up, it is kind of left up to our interpretation. But mm-hmm. I think he fucking kills himself after he's rejected. You know, like, interesting. The guy is he's abused, he's oppressed, he's desperate for love. He he just lost his only friend because he discovered that he was just as mean as everybody else, uh, which is what he yeah. tells Podrick. Yeah. Um, and he's left alone. And his only escape from Anishirin is uh through death, which yeah. the banshee, Miss M- Mrs. McCormick, saw coming. Yeah, you she know, did. She shows. professed it, so prophesized mm-hmm. it, is what I meant to say. Yeah. See, I thought he maybe choked on one of uh, Colin's fingers. Colin's fingers? <laughs> I like the donkey. <laughs> uh, oh my god! What did you think about the last scene where they're kind of on the beach? Um, we kind of get Colin's first apology, and he he sort of seems like after his house is burned down, he's missing all of his fingers. Uh, Padraig has no one left. He's sort of like, oh, hey, thanks. Thanks for watching my dog, man. Appreciate it. Like, kind of mm-hmm. like, let's just forget about everything and maybe, maybe restart. Maybe we can be friends after yeah. all this. What did you think? So I was thinking in this scene, um, I really liked it because we don't actually get, you know, like a huge sense of closure, but yeah. Podrick's character does. Yeah. In, in, call him saying thank you to him it's like enough for him to just be like okay now i can move on like mm-hmm. all i ever really wanted was for you to see me and you've seen me now and you've acknowledged my niceness that's just how he puts it um and after he gets that acknowledgement he can move away from the relationship you know he, he got closure in uh his heartbreak um meanwhile column is still kind of reeling <laughs> which i think is yeah well now good he has for the character because he's no a hand in no house yeah yeah he sucks we all he have sucks. a column in our lives that we or not hopefully you don't any you no longer have a column in your life hopefully you got yeah. rid of them but uh if you do have a column in your life and you need some advice on how to get rid of them uh give us a call 407-602-8405 Hey, 504. That's what I said. Let's do it. Okay. Let's get into the reviews, man. Um, <clears throat> as a reminder, critic score, 97%. Audience score, 76%. So this first critic score here from the Australian, a nice uh, international publication, the Australian. Um, the Banshees of Anishirin is not just a beautifully written screenplay. It's deeply affecting, warmly, humorous, beautifully acted, and handsomely photographed. 
by Ben Davis. Film is a major work and top of my list for the best film wow. of 2022. Five out of five. Do you think wow. this movie makes it to the top of everyone's list of 2022? I mean, it's not going to make it to the top of everyone's list, but I think it should be up there. It should be up near the top. This... Yeah, this is up there. I I mean, I struggle with my own top 2022 movies. And we didn't really do that on our real review. We did movies that like we had seen in 2022. Yeah. I didn't watch this until 2023. So sure. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, But it's definitely up there. I think it's definitely up there. Okay. All right. Um, And that was a five out of five. If I forgot to say it, this next one uh, from Paul's trip to the movies. I love Paul's trip to the movies. So good. I love that. What a great name. Yeah. Martin McDonough takes something as universal as dissolving friendship and gives his unique spin to it with Banshees of Anishirin. It's a striking view of one person's decision on how he wants to spend what precious time he has left. Four and a five, 4.5 out of five for that one. That's actually a great point. Like Colum had these scenes where he would look off into the distance and see the Irish Civil War. Yeah, happening and like yeah he was dealing with mortality i think you know and yeah. like that's that's what pushed his whole legacy yeah um, yeah yeah. he kind of says theory. it early uh, early in the movie he's like i just I, if i live for another 12 years i don't really want to spend them talking to you and yeah. drinking beer like i want to do something with with my but a totally years. cool talking with an abuser cop yeah yeah well that's different um blue lives matter this next one i mean i understand i understand it uh <laughs> i understand Podrick why he's pissed off about that too that that's also yeah. a catalyst and why he goes crazy yeah it's yeah, like this yeah. guy's a piece of shit and and column still wants to talk to him yeah <laughs> this next one from the times uk it's visually stunning and consistently witty while being unafraid to ask serious questions about life as it is and should be. It is proper art, five out of five. You say as it is, it should be lived. It is proper art, five out of five. There were a lot of commas. That's what I've noticed. I've read a lot of... Um, critics like that. Not just critics. Like yeah, sometimes they throw in commas where they're not necessary. They're, they're not necessary sometimes. I think so, like... Maybe it's because a lot of critics like to pause for emphasis when they're writing. So they think every time in their brain when they're writing and they pause, they should put a comma, which is not, in fact, it's flare. how you it's write. flare, John. They, they write as William Shatner speaks. They write as if William you Shatner should hang upon every word that they say while they're writing <laughs> a review yeah. of the movie. Banshees of Anishirin. So you would put that a came out in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? You would put a comma before Banshees of Anishirin in that sentence, though. There, it's so not, overall. Uh, they don't the say it in that John? sentence. Um, that person from the Times UK gave it a five out of five too, for what it's worth. I think uh, pretty obvious. Damn. Uh, the critics love the writing. They love the characters. They love the plot. They love the scenery. Um, I know I, I only had the one person say this, but most of a lot of the critics were saying that this is a shoe in for many awards, uh, perhaps movie of the year. Uh, a lot of people 
hmm. um, are pinning that against every everything everywhere all at once um and so i think the critics thought it was really good what are do you know when the oscars are no clue Me neither. i think it's i missed the, the golden globes months, recently but, um yeah i didn't want i didn't really watch that either but i was stoked to see that rrr won uh a golden <laughs> globe yeah. um an ERC uh, really good guarantee. RRR. Yeah, yeah. Um, you should go back it. and listen. James Cameron also thought it was one of the best movies of last year. Um, yeah. Jimmy Cammy. Um, I think this, everything, everywhere, all at once, and like the Fablemans will be the big ones this year. Well, the Fablemans, just because Steven Spielberg made it about himself. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. What a power move! Like, what a. I I feel like Steven Spielberg probably relates to Colum in this movie. Yeah, he's thinking about his legacy now. He's, he's just thinking about old. himself. He's like, you know what people would really like to watch? A fake movie about me. I'm mm-hmm. just going to do it. And I'm going to cast Paul Dana, one of the greatest actors of our time, as yeah. my dad. <laughs> not even me. He's not good enough to be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty narcissistic move, um, if I've ever seen one. But hey, I feel like I'm gonna to make watch it... that movie, but I'm in zero rush, you know. <sighs> yeah, I mean, man, hey, do you think Steven oh, Spielberg? One more movie is probably gonna be on the list. Um, yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front. All Quiet on the Western Front, eh? That's what they say. Yeah, that's what yeah. bad news is a coming. <laughs> Is that really a movie? Sure thing, sure thing. Speaking of bad, yeah, it's a, real, <laughs> it's a real movie. It's on Netflix. It's about World War One. Oh hell like yeah! The atrocities that it has on like these poor young men. What I just started reading war. the book. It is bad. Oh really? It is Wait, so fucking. A world sad. war really messed people up. That's crazy, right? Shocked, absolutely crazy. If only they had yeah. invented therapy back then, that would have been cool. <laughs> They didn't have it. This was that, that was like 10 years before the Irish Civil War. It was like Jeez. 1912 or some shit. I know. God, great year. I don't know well, much about history. The war guys, of uh, so. 1912 was great. Or is that 1812? Was it great? Yeah, that was 1812. Ah. Yeah, I get my wars messed up. Big war. Hey, you're guy. talking to two liberal arts guys here. You guys are listening to two liberal arts students. So, I like war. It's cool. I'm about it. It's fun it. to watch on TV. For sure. Um, for sure. Surround so what did the audience think about rumbling. these movies? The audience. Um, well, as a reminder, the audience gave it a 76%. Our first audience member here, uh, their name is Virginia. Uh, maybe it's the state of Virginia. They said, the filming, scenery, special effects, and acting were all superb. An interesting character study with a moral about the importance and consequences of friendship versus doing what your heart desires and what you believe you need to accomplish. That said, it was a very sad and depressing movie. Three and a half stars. <laughs> All that said, All that I said. was depressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they gave it three and a half. Um, but it seemed like they liked it until it became a sad and depressing movie. They didn't really have anything bad to say except that it made me feel sad. It made you know. me feel three and a half stars. <laughs> Don't you want movies to make you feel? I want movies to make me feel like a man. You know what I mean? Okay. I want I want a movie to make me feel like I could just get out there and do it myself. You know what I'm saying? 
when I watch Jason Statham throw a knife a hundred feet, bullseye, bull. I think yeah. I can do that. I play darts all the time with the boys at the local dive. You know what I mean? I'm they call me bullseye because I don't miss, baby. And I think I can do that. And Yeehaw. you know what I think? I think, man, I went wrong uh being in the career that I'm in. Um you know, just general career, just whatever, nothing big. I don't want to like stereotype career, just, just the person themselves. Um, <laughs> I think I could have been, losing an, it. You're losing it. I think I could have been an FBI agent. You know what I mean? <laughs> How hard could it be? I think I could have been a secret agent. I'm waiting for the day the government is calling me. That's why I keep my two piece right here. Bang, bang. You know what I mean? Bang, bang. One piece. I got, I actually carry a three piece. This is a three-piece meal right here. Come and get this three-piece bucket. I got my piece on my hip, and then I got, bang, one piece right here. My piece on my hip. <laughs> bang, another piece right up here. I got these two pieces right up here coming at you. Watch out. You know what I liked about this movie, though, and you're reminding uh, yeah. me of it, is that there was, like, no, like, real violence. I mean, oh, like, yeah, oh, I'm cutting off his fingers. Chopped his was fingers. pretty violent. Yeah. But, like, there was no, like, altercation between, oh, actually, I lied. The cop beat up Podrick. Um, the cop beat up Podrick, and then Column one piece the cop. And, like, yeah, he one yeah, piece the cop yeah. after that. That was the so, other thing I didn't really still, understand in the movie is there were the points where Column was, like, empathetic, right? Yeah, he would, em- he would empathize yeah. with the situation and help him out, and then he would be, like, Fuck you. I'm going to chop my finger off now, you dipshit. Well, I don't think that Column actually thought all of it the way, like, he didn't think his actions all the way through. And then he reached the point where, like he says, like, when Podrick confronts him, he's like, I think I like him again. That was funny. But, like, I think he was actively struggling with, like, did I make a mistake in doing this? Well, I still have to stick to my word and cut my fingers off regardless. Yeah. Um, Because, again, like, it's not until... Podrick shows back up and he's like, let's go. I'll see you at the pub. I'll get two pints ready. By the way, I tricked the the, the fiddler. Yeah. If it wasn't for for Podrick admitting that, I think Colin would have been like, okay, you know, it's behind us. You actually uh, are pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but he but that drove him to yeah, yeah. to like, you know, stick to his word and do it anyway. So Colin yeah. was a complicated, he's a complicated character. And I don't think that um, there's any, you know, like, I don't, I don't think there's any easy explanation for his motivation in this film. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I liked about the movie? The boys can just drink beer at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You know what I'm saying? I want to live Me where too. that is. You know, I, that's yeah. what I want to do. You know, they, mm-hmm. I drink at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm an alcoholic, you know what I mean? Or I get in trouble for drinking on the job, but them boys in the niche are in maybe i gotta i crack that. open a budweiser in my hey. car on my way home to work and all Hell. of a sudden i got a dewey <laughs> a dewey <laughs> yeah i'll tell you another thing that i didn't like about the movie let me tell you something i didn't like about movie. i'm listening this the 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 woman the female in the movie shioban i didn't like how she was making decisions for herself. i didn't like that i didn't like that she had the authority to make her own decisions she did not check with her brother or any kind of authority figure, the police officer, the bartender, the horse. 
If she could go out and do her own thing in the main city, you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm just saying. I had a problem with that. Um, So this next review uh, by David T here. I guess this is not my kind of... (laughs) I guess this is not my kind of movie. Made no sense. Boring as heck. Dumb. And and an unbelievable plot. I love Gleason. I guess this is not my kind of movie. (laughs) Made no sense. Boring as heck. Dumb and an unbelievable plot. <laughs> this is my favorite line of the review here. Um, I love Gleason and Firth, but I don't think this movie played to their strengths, although they do a great job acting. <laughs> but midway, midway through, I couldn't care less what happened to either character. So I'll pass one star. Okay. Um, I like that they thought Colin Firth was in this movie. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's not here to Colin Firth. <laughs> oh god that's hilarious yeah. i don't and think I, they play to their strengths although they are acting. great actors yeah no there's too much acting huh. in this movie it didn't really i do appreciate i do appreciate that he starts it off by saying like you know i think this is just like not my kind of movie sure like maybe they i don't not. understand this movie yeah one star <laughs> <laughs> one star it sucks i'll pass i'm out um this next one from samantha gave it uh i'll tell you what she gave it after or the, um, this was my introduction to the work of director Martin McDonough, and I have now watched all four of his films. Though wow. this was not my favorite, it was an incredible film, and it really hit home as I was going through something similar, though not as extreme. I hope not. With a former friend wanting, throwing, yeah. yeah, wanting nope, nothing, nobody's throwing fingers at your door. Jesus, or a witch wanting nothing more to do with me for no reason. Overall. I think this movie was funny, yet thought-provoking film, and McDonough shows that he really does excel with dark comedy. Five stars. Holy shit. Samantha, I hope you go to therapy, because uh, I don't know if people actually drop other friends for no reason. Well, you know? that's what ghosting is, my friend. Sometimes that happens. It could have been, but not it could like... have been more than a friend. Yes, you would hope that people are mature enough to say, hey, I can't be friends with you anymore, Samantha, because you do crack every day. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry, Samantha, so I, I can't be your friend anymore. It was the last straw for me, Samantha, when you crashed my car Yeah. Um, on your way home from the bar. Yeah. That wasn't cool. I didn't even tell you you could use it. What the fuck? Yeah. Hey, Samantha, like, really don't appreciate the way you thought it was cool to clean my dog with your tongue. Like, and then I walked in on that. That's just like not acceptable. I've told you multiple times that you couldn't do it. Um, and it also sucks when you throw up hairballs everywhere. So I can't be your friend anymore. Um, Samantha, what the fuck? Why did you fuck my boyfriend? That was really fucked up. Whoa. Nah, that couldn't be it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's no reason. <laughs> Uh, I think I kind of agree with Samantha's take on this. Um, it was interesting, though, that most of the audience, though, it's a 76, which is great. Their biggest feedback, I was surprised. Wait, I what did Samantha give the movie? Five stars. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Because it really hit. It really hit home. For yeah, she, she was like, this is, this is, uh, reminds me of my life. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. Um. Also, Samantha, hey, if you want to be a critic, you should, uh, because you get better takes than most of the critics that we read. You, 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 uh, you have some some work to do on 
on your writing, but still very eloquent, very, you put some thought into it. Um, it makes sense. And so uh, if you, if you ever want to maybe don't reference your personal life too much though. Actually, I kind of appreciate that you, you know, you're kind of like opening up to the reader about who you are as a person. It, It provides more personality. Um, you know, I felt like I knew your voice. I felt like I was listening to you right as I was reading it. Um, so keep at it, girl. Keep at it. Um, we should was, see if she has any other reviews. We should. I'll have to, I'll have to check because you can actually click their names. And I think it shows you. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think the the audience reviews, I was surprised that more people didn't say this movie was boring. Um, a lot of people just didn't get the movie. And I wonder if it was people that didn't get the movie or just didn't want to get the movie because it is very deep. So um, a lot of the the audience members m- mentioned that it was way too dark and depressing for them. So, um, or a lot of them were left to think about larger things in their life. Uh, um, so they, they like gave uh, it a bad life. star. Yeah, like life or friends or friendship. Or the meaning of my life, yeah. the legacy. So they kind of ranked it a little bit low because who wants to do that? Yeah, I understand. I understand. You know, like audience are quick to uh, judge a movie just because they don't like the way it f- made them feel, regardless mm-hmm. of whether it was a good movie or not. Agreed. Greed? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I said agreed. Oh, agreed. Oh, they said yeah, like yeah. I blame greed. Greed. <laughs> Bring on the locust. Let's get into our real rating. Yeah. Let's give this a rating. Our turn. time where oh you go ahead it's time where we really rank stuff um it's the time yeah this is the part of the podcast where we give our ranking on the film that we just watched that's right we give it a ranking out of a hundred kick us off here with your real ranking i'll put a little pin it yeah i'll put a little I'll, I'll, i'll end this right here um so overall the banshees of anishran was a tragic and entertaining mm. tale of platonic heartbreak. The movie is well-written, it's well-performed, and it's well-shot. And it somehow treads the line of both hilarious and deeply sad, uh, which McDonough displays in three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri as well. Um, through a simple story, McDonough manages to explain life, death, legacy, and even religion, which we didn't really get into too much, but uh, this ridiculously sadistic and silly story it shines through its characters, and it is truly masterful. I think this is an incredible film that any audience member can take a lot out of. There's no real resolution, but that's not really the point. It's about you know the characters and their dissolving relationship. It's beautiful and tragic. And for that reason, I give it an 83 
out of 100. Whoa, 83, man. Damn. So what yeah. what kind of kept it from getting you up to that 97% or 100%? Um it's it's honestly it's close to getting up there for me, but um the one thing lacking I would say is just like maybe a little bit more pacing and a little bit more uh excitement. Yeah. Would have gotten me there. Like a, maybe an explosion or a car chase or something. Would have been sweet if there was an explosion. There was a big old fire. There was a fire. Um yeah. Still questionable. I think uh, also the fact that it leaves it all open um, to interpretation is both a, a plus and a, it's it's a pro and a con, you know, because I like a little bit of closure and stuff. Con. And it seems like we have to close it. Like we, we have to find the closure ourselves. He leaves it up to us, the audience. So. That's deep. You got to find closure from within. It's crazy. Yes. Wow. And there's a lot of looking inside from the out in this movie huh you know yeah there's a lot of scenes of colin farrell's character looking into the pub from the window mm. um mm. so i think the movie does want us to look within oh wow that's deep that's deep i like the two goats that uh within the transition there was a transition <laughs> where there were two goats standing behind each other and they like they're looking this way and then they turn this way and then the minute the it fades into the next scene. I thought that was beautiful. Okay. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um I, I, there's nothing deep about goats. But perhaps That's not true. Have you ever seen the witch? Perhaps they were sheep and Colum and Padrick were just two sheep um, to really follow their hearts and do what they wanted to do and are kind of stuck on this island of Anishirin and just just they can't they can look left or right but they just can't look straight you know they can't they can't look straight into their future and see they see can't what's see what's right in front of them yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. okay mm. wow you found that huh yeah finders keepers what did I think about Banshees of Anishirin I'm glad yeah, you what asked. did you think I was locked in. Uh, I think that the two hours for me, I know you mentioned pacing two hours felt, it felt right. It didn't feel too long. It didn't feel too slow. Um, I think the movie was at its best when um, the, the actors were one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it didn't matter. Um, so if it was Colin uh, Farrell or Gleason one-on-one, -on -one, if it was Shaban and Podrick or Dominic and Podrick, like when, all of the actors in this movie were one-on-one. -on -one. That's when it was at its best. Um, and I, I think I mentioned before, I really enjoyed just how much the movie drew me in. I didn't really anticipate that. I kind of thought I was going to go in and be really bored and because there was going to be a lot of talking. And I, I thought I was going to be looking at my phone a lot. I didn't, I don't think I picked up my phone a single time. Um, and just- Did the, you have a juice boost? No, no, I didn't. Um, and yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I was just like, really, uh, I, I think I, to your point, really enjoyed this movie because I walked away with more questions than answers. And I think it was a great, it is a great movie to either watch with someone else or talk about with someone else, because there's a lot that stems from it, um, around friendship, around religion, like you said, around ambition. Um, and so I think mm -hmm. that a lot of movies, struggle with fitting that tone or fitting that 
into a movie in a way that makes you like that you can take away and have tangible conversation with you know it's not like black adam sorry it's not just adam um where he's really fighting with you know being a larger than life object and relating to human and like you can stretch and pull that out but i really doubt that they were going into that movie trying to make these points i think this movie is intentionally set up to have these conversations um primarily about friendship and life and death um and so yeah that uh i would ding this movie because i don't think i would watch it again i think it's a one-time watcher for me um so that that kind of that's a good point Uh, that's a good point this this is a emotionally heavy movie that i i probably won't revisit for a while yeah maybe that's a good point maybe when i'm at a different time in my life i'll watch it again um and see what sticks out to me um and, and what i notice um similar to how column reference music um you know it hits you differently depending on where and when and and how you listen to it so i'd give this movie a 78 out of 100 okay nice yeah, yeah. very nice overall though yeah this is a solid solid film uh let you should us watch know what it. you guys thought about this guy you you guys should watch this you yeah, can call us let it. us know at uh 407-602-8504 or just message us on our socials uh let us know at earc pod at hoser loser at john b wolf today it sounds like we kind of sided with the audience a little bit more, even though we didn't really have that much bad things to say. Yeah, no. Right? I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess we were kind of, I guess, yeah, we audience-ish. Yeah, yeah. Nothing bad, though. Yeah. Nothing bad to say about this movie. I think it's an incredible film. I think that you should watch it. Be prepared for the tragedy, though. I, I like, like John and I said, like, it was hard for us to actually sit down and click play on this. But ultimately, I'm glad we did. I'm glad I did. And uh, I recommend you do too. So it's like exercise. remember that. Uh, exactly. It's like exercising, which I skip every day. I don't do that. Um, <laughs> I only exercise my brain, the biggest <laughs> muscle in the body. <laughs> oh, that's your biggest muscle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This because nice. I think with this head, not this head. Oh, um, oh. wow. I'm yeah, a- I'm a 2023... I'm a, I'm a man. Of, I'm a modern man. Oh, wow. I thought my uh, mm-hmm. my tongue was pretty big, but whatever. I actually think it's, isn't it actually your uh, skin, skin or something like that? Yeah, your yeah. skin. Yeah. Ew, gross. So join us next time. We're going to be watching the new Peacock movie called Sick. Sick. Uh, back to, sick, bro. Back to the horror, thriller, mystery genres. Which, apparently, which we love at this point, I think. I guess. I mean, it's hot. 2023 is going to be a lot of... And end of 2022, really. A lot of horror. Yeah. It's, I, it's I, a I dark gotta say, time. though, I wasn't... And we've said this on the podcast. Before we started the podcast, I wasn't a big horror guy. But nah. because of this podcast, I've been, I've been digging it, man. I've been loving this. That's what I'm saying. We can get into true crime. I love it. So, watch Sick. Tune in next time. Give and us a remember, call. That at the end of the day, everyone's a real everyone's critic. a real critic, especially you, Elizabeth or whatever your name was, Samantha. Samantha, you're a real critic, real critic certified. <laughs> All right, so we definitely want to play for you guys something special if you're still with us. Um, this is a beautiful voicemail uh, that was left 
on our voicemail um, from one of our favorite guests Note that we're not sure if we've met before. Maybe we have um, Lupita from Orlando. Let's hear what Lupita from Orlando has to say. Hi, I'm Lupita from Orlando, Florida. I love you, podcast. I'll call you tomorrow. Bye. I love you both. Wow. What a nice fan. My gosh. Wait, she, she didn't call us, though. She will call you tomorrow. Yeah, Why she did, did say. Why she say that? I don't know. I don't know. She got her hopes up, and she never called back. But Lupita, uh, who are you? A well disguised voice. We love by you Lupita. too. Though. We love you. We love you too. Yeah, we do love Lupita. I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah, Lupita, we'll we'll call you. We'll call you tomorrow. We'll see how you're I'll doing. Call you tomorrow, Lupita. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the shout out. Yeah. Shout out Lupita. 